Good evening, and welcome to Friendship Radio and to the grand march through life. My name is James Huey, facilitator of the Friendship Personal Retreat Program here in Galveston and on ships cruising seas throughout the world. Offering the gift of listening hospitality, I invite you to join me here on KGBC Friendship Radio for Southeast Texas as we explore topics to enrich the quality of your life. Power for positive living and friendship. It's good to have you here this Thursday evening. And my special guest that we'll be talking with a little bit later is Mike Bailey, sports editor of the Galveston Daily News. We're going to talk about a number of topics that have probably been fascinating me for a number of years. And Mike, I'm looking forward to getting in and having some dialogue with you. It's good to have you here. Thank you. It's good to be here. Wanted to talk about possibly some areas of roles of sports in shaping our self-esteem as individuals and some society values such as winning, competition, and teamwork. I do personal retreating, which is developing the skill for people to hear themselves as to why they think the way they think, why they've decided to feel a certain way, what attitudes they've selected, which are positive, negative behaviors. And as I listened to this, I kept hearing messages that were connected with, it seemed to me like the sports world. And I said, maybe I need to talk with somebody who is in the sports world, someone who can help us by seeing what is the objective of participation in sports, and then also what actually does occur, and some of the things about what is sent versus what is received. What is your background in the area of sports? And maybe that will give us a start. Well, I think I'm like a lot of sports writers and sports editors. We are in this business to be around sports because we grew up loving sports. A lot of us, unfortunately, couldn't play. I think probably half the sports writers out there dreamed of being a professional athlete themselves or maybe a college athlete or, or doing well in high school sports. And I was just pretty average going through it, but I loved it. And I loved to play the game, and I loved being around the game. And and sports is, to me, it's it's the most single most dominant thing that we have in our American culture today. When you make that statement, I can't help but agree because I see the amount of space that is devoted in a newspaper, the amount of time that's devoted on television, even a couple of sports channels where they just sure. have nonstop sports activities. So it does seem to be very dominant. But you mentioned growing up with sports in your life and people playing it for fun. I hear that a lot of people say that, but then when I watch them, I question whether they're having fun. <laughs> I think you hit on a good point, and that is that sports has changed quite a bit over the last 50 years, and it's changed quite a bit in my lifetime. As it gets more and more on TV, as we have ESPN going 24 hours, I think the kids growing up learn what they learn about sports from watching it on TV, and they try to emulate those people that they see on TV. And unfortunately, even at the Little League level, when you go down and watch a 7- and 8-year-olds, it's happened far too many times that I've seen coaches go up to an umpire and stand there for 5 minutes or 10 minutes cursing at that umpire, and they've lost sight of really what it's all about. They're more interested in winning than they are in developing these 7- and 8-year-old kids. And that's the part that's unfortunate, is that sports has become too serious. 
that people take themselves too seriously in sports, and that's the thing that disturbs me sometimes. I recall that winning was important, but I sense that winning seems to take on a new dimension nowadays in how people see their participation in sports. Yeah, I think 10-year-olds are already seeing winning in terms of dollar figures. I think they're thinking about long-term contracts when they're 19, 20, 21 years old, and, and that's because that's all they hear about. The money parts become so dominant. The commercial parts become so dominant. And yet these are the young people who are building their image of themselves, just like you know, you and I when we were very young. We built our image of who we were you know, during our childhood and adolescent years. And I sense that different values are now being spent during that time period, even though they're masquerading under the same thing. But I, I sense that it's different now. Yeah, I think it's become an evolutionary process. Maybe 20, 25 years ago, there was more emphasis on becoming doctors and lawyers and stuff like that. But now it seems like the most adored person in, in our society is the guy that can hit 295, drive in. 95 runs and you know lead his team well i don't even think team sports is all that important anymore when it comes to a lot of stuff because i think it's become more of an individual the athletes are more interested in their own stats their own money and their own fame than they are actually in their team i think the team concept is kind of waning i'm not saying it's not still there Mm -hmm. but i see more and more kids and professional athletes and college athletes more interested in their own stats and their how they how they do for themselves than they are for their team Sports has become big business, and I think it's changed the way kids view it. They view it a lot differently than I did when I was 9, 10, 11 years old. Well, when I even hear some of these coaches you talk about in Little League who say, you know, we're teaching young children or the young kids teamwork by playing on the team, and yet I'm seeing very much the same thing, which is they're more interested in how they're doing than how their team is doing. Right. And if their team isn't supporting them, then they want off. They want on a winning team. Well, I think the unfortunate part about that is you hit on it. It's the coaches themselves. Now, a lot of them give up a lot of their time, and I admire them for trying to help them, but I, I sense that there's quite a few coaches that, for some reason, are in it to to win themselves, and they get so wrapped up in that that they don't understand that this is for the kids. And the parents are the same way. Not all the parents are like this, but some of the parents. My parents weren't like that, fortunately, but uh, I remember a lot of other parents that if their kid didn't get to be the starting pitcher, they told the coach what they thought of that. You know, they, they just see things from their point of view, and you can't blame them for that. But I, I kind of wish what I was saying is I, just let them play. I think we try to turn them into little professional athletes at age 7, 8, and 9, and we have great expectations for them. And unfortunately, a lot of them fall short of those expectations. I don't think that's always so good. And our disappointment in them falling short, I imagine, gets conveyed. Yes, it does. I think you see that a lot. I've been to lots of high school, professional, and college games, and very often you will see a kid fall short of where he didn't play well. And it's happened more than once where I've seen a dad really jump all over his kid after a game, you know, like in a football game, maybe not making a catch, you know, when he should have made the catch or, or not making a block or something like that. And I think we forget that that 99.9 percent of these kids will never do this for a living they're going to have to learn something else and we put far far too much emphasis on the value of sports interesting point is i get a lot of calls from people and they say coach or parent or something like that says well my son did this my son hit two homers or something this season and have 50 rbis i just want to get him some recognition Mm-hmm. And I, I give them this line all the time. And I, just, I don't think it makes them real happy, but I tell them, we're not in the recognition business. 
we're in the information business. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand about newspapers is that we're never there to promote anybody. We're there to provide information that the people of Galveston and all of Galveston County, by the way, can read about their teams, their kids, and know what's going on. When they have a question, hopefully it's in our paper. Of course, it, not, it isn't always in our paper, but we try to do the best job that we can. When parents call up, and you've stated you're not in the recognition business, which makes perfect sense to me, but I'm wondering what kind of message the parents may be sending their child as to, I want to get this child some recognition. And so much of it seems to be something I hear as a psychologist is that recognition is an external basis. In other words, it won't come from the child feeling good about having played well, having given his or her best in the team. It's how does the rest of the world, the newspaper happen Mm -hmm. to be one part of it, but how does the rest of the world see me? And that will determine how I see myself. That's one of the motives for playing sports. When we can go back to U of H, there was a column that I read uh, the other day in the Houston Post, and they were talking about what the recognition that the U of H athletes have given the University of Houston lately. But yet you've got a guy that's come up with the superconductor plans and things that I'm too stupid to, <laughs> to, to realize. But yeah. you, you've got a guy there that's, that's making wonderful progress in, in the areas of technology that could mean the future of, of energy in this country. Yet very few people realize that aspect of the University of Houston, but they realize what's going on in sports. That's just a fact of life. I sense sometimes they're going to sports bashing, which is saying, you know, that sports are running the universities. Sports are doing this. They're dominating the entertainment area. There are lots of ways of going into sports bashing, and I, I don't sense that's the answer. But I am concerned that when I hear people who value themselves and who, as parents, pass along the same self-esteem, they're living through their children, which means I, as a person, am worthwhile if my kids do good. Now, if my kids go out and get in drugs, then I'm a failure as a parent. People who beat themselves because their kids don't do what they think they should be doing. And then they pass along the same message to the children, which says, I'm a successful person whenever I get this recognition or whenever right. I do well or get those stats and get my picture in the paper or whatever. Yeah, there's, there's nothing more satisfying for a parent, it seems, these days than to put together that scrapbook. Mm-hmm. And to get those clippings out. And I've had people call me up and they say, uh, well, you know that article you ran the other day? You didn't quite get that right. Uh, he had two <laughs> RBIs, not one, and uh, we'd like you to run a correction so I can put it in the scrapbook. You know, they get to the point where they get nitpicky on things, and that's not to say that we shouldn't be correct on everything, because we certainly should. You realize the motives behind some of these things. And, and well, I think that's the thing that concerns me sometimes, is I hear a lot of pontifical kind of language about that we're teaching teamwork and we're teaching sports and we're going for cooperation and self-identity and all of these things and yet I see behavior and messages that we as adults are giving to young people Mm -hmm. that are different than those words. I don't want to say that those kinds of things don't exist because they certainly do and and a good example of that would be from everything that I could see was Texas City football this year. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Joe George does an excellent job of getting those kids together and thinking as a team. And that's the kind of lessons that you like to see come out of sports. You didn't hear a lot about the individual kids 
at Texas City, yet they had the best record in this district. You realize those kids worked as a team. They always picked each other up, and there was never much talk about the individual statistics, and there was never any kind of, I can't ever remember getting a lot of calls from Texas City High School where they wanted us to do a story on one particular kid or something like that. In fact, whenever I got a call from Texas City, they said they wanted, if we did something, they wanted it to be the whole team. They always wanted us to put all the kids in the picture, which doesn't make for good sports pages because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it doesn't look real good. <laughs> but it's like more like a yearbook. Right, it looks more like a yearbook. As a sports editor, I'm more interested in, almost in design than I am in writing, so it makes it difficult for us, but I learned to appreciate that kind of attitude. You don't see that kind of attitude across the board. And I sense that these kids who grew up in that are going to be more comfortable living with life rather than realizing that as they grow up, they're not going to be the stars on which the rest of the world revolves. And I sense that for some people who have had very good athletic successes, that they sometimes have difficulty adapting to the rest of the world where they're not the center. I mean, if they don't become, you know, a highly paid professional that's in every sports magazine and so forth, but they happen to go out and get regular jobs, Mm. they're not the center of attention anymore. In other words, the whole organization, the company, the business doesn't revolve around them. And I I sense it's hard for some of them to adapt. Well, it becomes a real slap in the face when you grow up thinking that you're going to be a star and everybody's telling you that, and then it doesn't happen. And that's all you prepare for all your life. And suddenly you've got to find something else to do to pay the bills, and you don't know what you're going to do. That's why I can't emphasize enough the value of, if you're going to go to college on a scholarship, you've got to take advantage of that. And I really believe for most people who get a scholarship to college, that there are ways that they can get that degree. Even if they don't get the degree, there are things that they can do to set themselves up for something else besides professional sports. You know, there are study halls and tutors and, and a lot of things set up for them. And I'll be the first to admit that a guy going on a football scholarship to a major university helps bring in a lot of money for that school. But they've got to take care of themselves. And they've got an opportunity there to do it, and they need to do that. And somehow that being the center will not always last forever. No, it doesn't. You certainly find that out with a lot of the old ball players. I think, that kind of wander aimlessly around. Uh, the classic example was Jim Thorpe, perhaps the greatest athlete of our century. When he finally left professional football, and it was very difficult for him to give up because he didn't know what else he would do. So they eventually found him in sideshows, and it was really sad to see what this great athlete and great man had come down to because he was so used to being the center of attention that that once that went away, he didn't know how to deal with it. We've talked about the winners a lot, people who you know, have gone on being successful. Maybe I can flip it over and talk about some of the people who don't do well. Right. One of the things that I remember from my youth was the old choosing up a team side. seems to me like one of the most barbaric of customs. Two of the most popular, two of the best players, they choose up the teams. And, of course, they'd always wind up choosing the same people and at least three times a week, you go through the humiliation of either being the last chosen, the next to last chosen, or the next to last chosen. I still recall that. And as I talk with people, I hear a lot of the people who did not succeed in athletics. And it affects how they see themselves today. 
the failure in athletics is funny. It affects a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. I think right. for me, I have failures in some endeavors in athletics, and I did fairly well in others. But all in all, I never really had a bitterness towards it. So I wanted to be around it, and, and that's kind of why I got into this business. I still love it, but I think I don't see it through rose-colored glasses anymore. For other people, it, it completely turns them off to athletics. And that's very unfortunate because in terms of, I'm a firm believer that a little bit of exercise every week is really good for you. And I think it's really good for you psychologically, too, because I noticed that that, uh, when I don't exercise, I I tend to be a little bit depressed sometimes because I do work quite a few hours during the week. And it gives you, it's an outlet, and and that's good. But I see a lot of people who had failures in athletics. Uh, For instance, my brother was never much of an athlete. He never exercises. He never does anything. And And to me, that's sad. I wish that he would have some, you know, whether it be aerobics whether it be jogging around the track, which I can't stand, but <laughs> or whether right, whether it be tennis, uh, whether it, it, hiking, walking, whatever it may be, I think it's important for people to get some kind of exercise and some kind of activity. Whether or not you like competition or not, really has nothing to do with it. If you like to go skiing, that's great. I think it's important for everybody who's able-bodied to get some kind of exercise and have a physical activity that they get into. Unfortunately, you see it at age. 13 and 14, these kids get very turned off to athletics, and they never, ever get their heart rate up above 65. From then on to the time they die, that's not good. I want sports and athletics to be for everybody, and it should be for everybody, because there are plenty of individual sports that you can get into. My favorite happens to be golf, and you know others can have squash, racquetball, whatever. It's important not to turn these kids off to, at a young age. Well, we were talking about some of the negative things in which sports have evolved since maybe back in my youth. But I can sense that one of the ways that has been positive in the evolution of sports, see, I compensated for being next to last or last by exceeding in academics. Mm-hmm. In other words, if you couldn't be a star on the field and you can go in and, you know, win, make A's and B's and, you know, do it that way, at least you can be recognized for something. Sure. Even though an athletic team and an honor roll are not said in the same breath of admiration, you do the best you can in an area of, of choice. One of the things that I sense has occurred is that now there is so much more diversity in school athletic programs. Fortunately, when I went to college, I found things like weightlifting, I found mm-hmm. things like archery, bowling, and other words, some athletics. And I sense that has been an evolution, and I think that's a positive step. Yeah, I think you're exactly right there. If you want to play a sport in high school, I think you can play it. There are no sports now. There's swimming. Most high schools now have swimming pools, so uh, you can get into swimming. You can get into, of course, your major sports, and there's so many other activities that you can get into now. So kids don't have to be turned away because they're not good enough to make a sport. There's something, I think, for everybody out there. Yeah, I think it's certainly been a major change. I guess the thing that we're really striving to present as I listen to both what you're saying what I'm saying coming from a sports point of view and from a psychologist point of view is is trying to encourage people to develop some sort of balance in their lives everything needs to be put in perspective and sports unfortunately too often is not put in perspective either from a participant's point of view or from a fan's point of view I know people who are city league softball who are play five times a week, yet they have a, a wife and kids, and you know you wonder, you know what the heck are they doing with the rest of that time? They don't have much more time to do anything else, and perhaps there's a little too much importance on that softball, or people who bowl five times a week and have families. 
and a job and and maybe there's a little too much bowling in their life or in my case i'd like to get after that golf course anytime i can <laughs> especially so, on a day like today especially on a day like today and my wife reminds me every once in a while hey uh, you do have a son and you do <laughs> and uh, i never get to see you very much anyway so uh, it's not uncommon to see people sit in front of that tv set from 11 o'clock on a saturday till 10 o'clock on a Saturday night and, and watch nothing but sports and then get back up on Sunday morning and do the same thing all over again and spend 20 hours watching sports on a weekend. Now, nothing wrong with watching sports on TV. I like to do it myself, but I think that we put far too much value and importance on it. Well, you know, one of the things you mentioned about you have a son. How old is he? He's about a year old right now. Okay, now, as a parent, we were talking about parents earlier and about the messages of a self-esteem that they communicate to their children. What are some of the messages that you, as a parent, want to convey to your son through sports? Well, we laugh about this a lot, but at the same time, we, yeah. you know, me and my wife actually do talk about this. And at the office, we talk about it, too. And, and one of the things I say to them is, well, if Little League doesn't change real soon, my son's not playing Little League. And I joke about that because I loved Little League when I played. It was it was probably the best time I remember growing up when I was 11, 12, 13 years old, those summer afternoons. You couldn't sleep the night before because you wanted to go out and play ball, and, and I enjoyed just playing ball. And to tell you the truth, I never had my name in the paper, and I never even thought about it. So and things you survived. And I survived, and I wouldn't have cared if my name, picture, anything was ever in the newspaper. Of course, I grew up in a little different environment. You didn't have smaller newspapers that were able to do that. But at the same time, I really didn't care about that. I wanted to play ball because I wanted to play ball. And that's what I hope will be in store for my son is that when, when he gets that age, and if he wants to play ball, and that's the thing my wife keeps reminding me of, he may not want to do that, Mike. He may want to play the piano. And if he wants to play the piano, that's just fine. We joke about that a lot because I want him to play golf. I want to get him a set of clubs when he's about four years old, and I figure he'll be ready for the tour by the time he's 18. But, but, <laughs> but if he chooses to participate in sports, what are some of the messages that you think that sports can probably convey better than any other form of activity? I think one of the good things about sports is it's the competitiveness itself. I think that's good because sports, like nothing else, makes you drive yourself. One of the things I did in high school is I ran cross country. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, there is not a sport that's more sacrificing, in my opinion, than cross country. Because you go out to those meets and there's nobody out there. You run three miles in the heat sometimes in the cold but whatever it is when you get through running those three miles you've given it your all and you realize what it's like to put forth effort and all i have to do sometimes is you know when i've got a long day or have a problem that's not quite coming out the way i want to or or can't find a solution i remember those times when i ran those three miles in about 15 minutes and how i felt when i got through and i put every bit of energy into that and then I think to myself, well, I'm not doing that right now, am I? <laughs> you do learn some lessons in, in terms of how much your body can give and how much the human body is capable of. And those are the kinds of things that I think people who don't play sports sometimes miss out on. And you realize that you're capable of a lot of things. So competitiveness would be one thing. Is there anything else that you'd want to... Competitiveness and, and, and I think team concept. And like I said, that's not dead. In, in, in sports like basketball and football especially, there's a good team concept. There has to be. Uh, those kids that are playing center and offensive tackle and offensive guard, they got to have a team concept because they're not carrying the ball. So they're interested in the success of their team. And that's why I think you'll find that most offensive linemen are some of the most well-balanced, likable people you'll ever meet because they give them themselves every time they go out on that football field. And you ask yourself, 
why in the heck are they playing this? You know, because they're the ones that really have to put up with the punishment during a game, and they don't get any recognition for the most part. As a parent, do you sense that there's going to be somehow you can let your son make choices for himself as versus being immersed in it so much that he doesn't seem to have much choice? Like, you know, this is the way daddy is happy if you're participating in sports. No, I, I think because my wife and the way she is and the way I am, because I think she'll always pull me by the ear if, if I ever get to where I want to encourage him too much to, to do something that I would have liked to have done. Or maybe all those excesses that you observe as a right, sports editor. Right, that too. And I think that we have a very good perspective on sports and all. The only thing that I can say with my son and, and the thing that I hope is that when he does get older, I want him to participate in some type of athletic activity. I, I think if you've seen any of the studies on the president's uh, council for physical fitness lately and some alarming figures have come out that half of the six and seven year olds are, are, are out of shape they're overweight and and the reason they're overweight is because they're sitting in living rooms on all their free time watching cartoons instead of going out and doing the things that i think that my generation and generations before me did and that's we didn't sit around the house and watch tv we went out and played whatever that may be and i think that kind of physical activity is important it's my understanding that coronary disease starts at age 7, 8, 9, 10, and, and if you can be active up until the time you're 17, you'll help yourself out. Well, and even as a doctor of psychology, I can tell you that it certainly helps the mind just to be able to do something that's active because inactivity certainly breeds one too much time to think, too much time to ponder, and as to say like anything, moderation and balance. Right. Mike, I want to say it's been a real treat. I... Time has gone far too fast this evening, but I do appreciate your kindness in taking the time and coming and join us here on KGBC. And possibly somewhere down the line, I think it might be nice when we're not on tape delay, that if we could have you come back and maybe we could uh, feel some call-ins from some of those parents out there who have some viewpoints as to some of the hopes and joys that they have for their own children. But anyway, thank you for your kindness this evening. and. Hopefully, down the line, we can get together again. Okay, well, thank you for having me. And I want to thank you for joining me this evening here on KGBC AM 1540, Friendship Radio for all of Galveston County. I do hope that this program and all the programs that we do here on Friendship Radio provide a valuable resource as you write your life novel. And I hope you'll join me again on Friendship Radio for Southeast Texas, KGBC AM 1540, as we continue to explore topics to enrich the quality of your life. Power for positive living and friendship. This is your friend and host, James Huey. Until next Thursday, good night.